And now, The Snark Factor with Fingers Malloy. But resist, we much. We must, and we will much. Good morning. Sunday morning. It's Friday morning, man. And why is Georgia so crazy? Good morning. It's the morning commute. I'm Fingers Malloy, and we have been following the election results this week and the battle for the White House. David Schaefer, who is the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia, uh, we've been following his Twitter account here on this show, and I recommend that if you want to know what's going on in Georgia, you follow David as well, at David Schaefer, S-H-A-F-E-R. Well, we went over some of the accusations that the Georgia Republican Party is making about what happened on election night, and uh, I want to go over them one more time. Schaefer tweeted on November 9th, let me repeat, Fulton County elections officials told the media and our observers that they were shutting down the tabulation center at State Farm Arena at 10.30 p.m. on election night only to continue counting ballots in secret until 1 a.m. No one disputes that Fulton County elections officials falsely announced that the counting of ballots would stop at 10.30 p.m. No one disputes that Fulton County elected officials unlawfully resumed the counting of ballots after our observers left the center. That was David Schaefer on November 9th. I stated the other day, if David Schaefer is lying about this, then he needs to be removed as chairman from the Republican Party in Georgia. He needs to be kicked out of the party. He shouldn't be allowed to be an assistant manager at a TCBY. But if he's telling the truth, an investigation needs to take place. If laws were broken, people need to be arrested. People need to be prosecuted. This stuff needs to stop. Whether it's in Atlanta, Philadelphia, Detroit. I don't want to hear the argument, well, it doesn't matter. There aren't enough votes there to uh, overturn an election. I don't care if it's 100 votes. In this case, when we look at the The state of Georgia, we're talking, what, 14,000 votes separates Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Fulton County is a big county. It needs to be looked into. I'm sick and tired of hearing about these shenanigans going on in big cities run by Democrats. As we move now to the special election coming up for the two Senate seats up for grabs in Georgia. As we talked about yesterday on the Snark Factor morning commute, Democrats are urging voters to move to Georgia before the Senate runoff election. 
Liberals urging voters to move to Georgia to vote in the January Senate runoff elections may want to think twice, though. Moving to Georgia for a short time just to vote is against state law. But as we discussed yesterday, prominent liberals are trying to get people to do just that. I hope everybody moves to Georgia, you know, in the next month or two, registers to vote and votes for these two Democratic senators, New York Times columnist Thomas L. Friedman told CNN on Monday. But again, David Schaefer reiterated that those kind of shenanigans, that's against the law. Schaefer tweeted, it would be a felony to register to vote in Georgia without intending to become a permanent resident of the state. So the Republican Party in Georgia is trying to push back against this, but I have to ask, how will they be able to enforce that? I mean, it is definitely something to consider if you're going to go down to Georgia. But if you go down there, oh, hey, I moved uh, to Sally's place, a friend of mine, or I move down here for work and vote and then leave and you've got hundreds of people maybe thousands if they do that what how i mean this is the state going to be able to prosecute these people have the resources to go after them why is it so hard just to have a straight up fair election i, I it's just mind blowing to me and then you've got Stacey Abrams you remember Stacey Abrams, the cosplay non-governor of Georgia. In a year-old video that resurfaced following the 2020 election, failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams declared that identity politics are the future of the Democratic Party. The racial, gender, and sexuality politics of the far left, according to Abrams in 2019, are exactly who the Democratic Party is, and how they won in the midterms. The notion of identity politics has been peddled for the past 10 years, and it's been used as a dog whistle to say we shouldn't pay too much attention to the voices coming into progress, Abrams said at the Center for American Progress Ideas Conference in May 2019, adding, I would argue that identity politics is exactly who we are, and it's exactly how we won. Well, I couldn't agree with her more about it's exactly who they are now, which makes it even more inexcusable that some on the right decided it would be a really good idea to vote for Joe Biden because Trump tweets mean things. Trump's a meanie. Identity politics is tearing America apart. The Republican Party has to do a better job of reaching out to the African-American community, to the Latino community, which is something that Trump did over the past four years, which is something the Republican Party should continue to do, something we as a country should not continue to do is lock down the economy. But that's where we're headed Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer held a grim press conference on Thursday as a second wave of coronavirus cases surges across the state of Michigan, dwarfing the previous peak 
in the spring. I'm not going to sugarcoat this, she said. We are in the worst part of this pandemic to date. This is the moment that medical experts have been warning us about and dreading since the beginning of the pandemic. Unless we get our act together right now, we could be hitting our daily peak of deaths in Michigan come Christmas. Speaking of the holidays, Whitmer strongly advised Michiganders cancel large Thanksgiving gatherings this year due to the rapid community spread of the virus. Thanksgiving is going to look different this year. It just has to, Whitmer said. Medical experts across the country strongly recommend that we do not host Thanksgiving with people from outside our own household. I know this will be hard. But we cannot afford for people to head to a family member's, friend's, or loved one's house for Thanksgiving, contract the virus, and bring it back to their communities and their homes. Whitmer said her family's Thanksgiving gatherings usually include four or five households. But she said they aren't planning on doing that this year. Do you believe that? She told everyone in the spring that you know you can't go boating, and then her husband runs out and tries to get their boat serviced. They don't live by the same rules that they impose on you. Listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't be careful. You shouldn't take this virus seriously. Of course you should. This isn't a hoax. But a decision has to be made. Are we going to shut down again? And let businesses be destroyed? Are we going to hide in our homes and wait for the virus to pass while it wrecks our economy? Or are we going to do what needs to be done, in my opinion, which is live our lives? Do what we can to protect the most vulnerable in our society yet not destroy our economy in the process. I've talked to too many business owners over the past few months that have said that they know people or there have had had their businesses destroyed, gone. The hospitality industry has been wrecked. Are we going to continue to do this to ourselves? Oh, fingers, you want to kill grandma, no. But I know grandma and many seniors. My father is 82, and he's been living his life over the past seven months. He's been going out and living. He follows the CDC guidelines. He washes his hands. He wears his mask. But he made a conscious decision that he did not just want to sit in his home locked away until this is all over. Because we aren't guaranteed a tomorrow, gang, especially when we're 82. Give seniors a choice. I know my dad, if he has a choice between locking himself in his house away from everyone until this passes or living his life and seeing 
his family and friends and taking that risk. He's going to take that risk because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Locking yourself in your home is no way to live. Yes, take it seriously. Wash your hands. I wear a mask, and I wear a mask not because the government tells me to, because I talk to people in grocery stores, clerks. I'll never forget when this first started. I went to Costco, and I spoke to the lady who was checking me out, and she was wearing a mask. And I said, how are you doing? And she looked tired, and she looked scared. And she said, I'm getting by. I'm just trying to get by. I said, how do you feel about customers wearing a mask? Does it make you feel safer? And she said, yes, it makes me feel a lot safer. So at that point, I said to myself, if it makes her feel safer, then I'll wear a mask in the store. It's a small sacrifice to make. Especially since store clerks who don't make a lot of money were going to work every day. While many people were sitting at home collecting unemployment in that $600 federal supplement. So I decided to wear a mask. My dad wears a mask because he's 82 and he's concerned about the virus. But he goes out. He lives. And he doesn't want the governor of his state to tell him who can and who can't be in his house. This has been the Snark Factor Morning Commute. Thanks for listening. We'll be back Monday. Courage. 